Welcome to the Drive Life Podcast. Welcome to a very special summer special podcast. We're going to cover kind of the main three events that we did over the summer or attended over the summer. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Absolutely incredible. A uh, few, few things to cover here. So I don't even know where to start, but I think the logical place is Europe. It's sort of chronological almost. Um, yep. So uh, we spent so, two weeks tearing around uh, roads in Europe. We did. So all four of us were there. Only two of us did remember the T-shirt for this one. <laughs> Um, but less said about that, the better, but, uh, yeah, it was a challenge. So we have done this tour this year will have been the third time we're doing the tour, but because of COVID, we had the tour canceled for two years on the trot, uh, yeah, 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had such a waiting list of SCUK members wanting to attend the, the Europe tour that we decided, uh, to run it back to back. Um, so we did it. Yeah. Uh, the exact same tour two weeks on the trot in the first two weeks of July. So we made it go live, didn't we? Cause obviously the, the event went live in August last year yeah. and, and normally we like sort of events like this, it normally takes couple of days or so before the kind of spaces to kind of fill up and get taken up. But like, you know, I think it was something like 15, 20 minutes, all the spaces were gone. Yes. Done. That's right. Yeah. And then of course, then the way I then obviously have the, the reserve list, then also then filled up with like more than enough space for another, another trip. Yep. So it was like, I don't know, it was 25 people on the reserve list or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. uh, which we'd never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, it was a massive appetite for it. Um, and it made sense that when, when we looked at the calendar and looked at the availability of the venues we were going to, it kind of made sense that we could make it happen again. Um, we couldn't have done it without the support of certain STUK and company ambassadors, two of which uh, sat with us today. And you guys were on my trip. You, Sean, ran week one with um, some other ambassadors and you guys did week two. But, uh, but yeah, it was quite a trip. Quite, a, quite a, I, I, in a sense, I, I guess, quite maybe a bit of a, it feels like a bit of a personal achievement at our end that it, it was certainly, a, I guess, an ambitious thing for us to do that because not only is it one of the hardest tours to organise and run anyway, but then to decide to do it twice and, you know, spread ourselves yeah. thin across the two weeks was a, uh, uh, you know, potentially a big ask, but I think that uh, overall we'd probably all agree it went pretty well. So I think it did, yeah. Um, so yeah, quite a trip. The the weird thing for for us is obviously three of us were on the second week, and you were on the first week. So we have no like common ground on like, oh yeah, this thing happened or or that thing happened. But but between us, you know, like it's not like we all did week one and then did week two again no. with, with different set of different set of members it was it's sort of two 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 I'd like to think it events, like this but... right Martin is that we were the fall guy <laughs> so we made all the mistakes that need to be made and cleared the pathway for week two so you've got us to think about it was week one boys yeah that it worked <laughs> <laughs> I mean change the perspective from our point yeah. <laughs> I think the the for those who don't know we all met up at Porsche Hull 
Um, it's the first time I've yeah. been to Hull, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, no, it's the first time I've been to Hull in daylight. So I bought okay. a, <laughs> um, do we need to go think into about that? What you well, yeah. I bought a car from Hull once, but it was dark by the time I got okay. Anyway, that's a long story. But um, I, was, I was surprised at how nice it was. That was the first thing. I was like, <laughs> you know. Just throw some shade on Hull here, but you know, it's not got the best of reputation. It's better than you saying the other, the other so way around. Though, yeah. I was yeah. surprised how horrible it was yeah. if you said that. Then <laughs> yeah, no, it was fine. No, I agree with um, you. So, so it was say a, Porsche Hull were very accommodating. They were. It was a really good start, a good place to start the trip. Yep. And the ferry crossing and everything was all was all good from, from there as well. So good place to start. And then we basically went, uh, got out of um, the Netherlands and into Germany. Stayed in Germany. It was kind of just like dull motorway drives, but the the Germany stop at the V8 hotel in Stuttgart that was amazing. That was, we we could have spent far more time there than we ended up doing, um, and a real sort of I guess hidden gem from a an anticipation point of view, right? Because I didn't know. I just thought that was a hotel stop and didn't know anything about it, but it turned out to have this really awesome museum and. McLaren dealership just off reception. Yeah, um, Ferrari over the road, Lamborghini with their corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from an organisational perspective, it's a really hard balance when you are doing a trip that's over in Europe. You obviously want to get the bulk of the mileage out of the way on day one, so you've got the maximum amount of time to enjoy the good roads, but then also give people enough time to enjoy certain elements um and that was a hard balance because like i'm sure that you felt the same on on trip one exactly what martin is saying you could have spent double the amount of time there easily that we were um already spent more time than we should have done already yeah yeah it was a great great menu um but it's that balance of going that far on day one yes we were driving until 5 6 p.m and then leaving at 9 10 the next morning so we didn't actually get that long at the venue certainly during its opening hours um but regardless of the i guess the low amount of time we spent there for a petrol head orientated yeah. trip it was still a fantastic destination oh, to be in well, yeah. a couple of um i think it was about three or four um of our group actually there was because we set off um our main um, group set off from from a hull and yeah. obviously got the ferry yeah. down um but there was probably about i think about four uh four or five of the group uh were actually coming from the south so it actually made more sense for them to kind of get the tunnel um so they did get the tunnel and actually they came down the previous day to us yeah um and made a bit more of an event of you know of, of, of yeah. being stuck out so they went to see the porsche museum and a few of the bits and pieces so they were quite well and relaxed about the time we we turned yeah. up after spending a a day on the autobahn, which is not a bad thing. No, I think quite quite a lot of people um, wandered around the the museum anyway and, and got some in, enjoyment out of that. I, so bef- off air, you know, before the recording, we all uh, thought about some stories to to come up, you know, to bring on, discuss, share on the on the podcast little little aspects of the trip. But one of mine was from from there, which is uh, Harry um, was on the on the week two things from a media perspective. Um, and uh, Harry found a, there's a sim racing place inside the museum, so it's not mm-hmm. not obvious that it's there. It's sort of up on the upper level and down a down a corridor. But there's a there's a the full motion 
uh, sim rigs in there. And so we, we got there just in time to, to do the sort of last session of the, of the day. Right. And we decide, well, what cars, what tracks, you know, we want to drive a track that, you know, reasonably well and cars that, you know, you sort of know or whatever. And, uh, so I, I picked a seven, seven twenty S and we, we, we agreed on spa as the, the circuit. And uh, Harry just just disappeared off into the distance, left me for dead. <laughs> so then you know, I just had my, you know, I, I've done a three thousand miles on the road in a seven twenty S at a reasonable pace. Yeah, couldn't couldn't live with Harry. <laughs> disappeared off. So that's like the start of the trip. You're like, yeah, you can't really drive, <laughs> at least not in a sim. <laughs> Fortunately, that didn't translate into real driving. Yeah, you yeah, were fine. yeah. You yeah. Were fine. Harry didn't leave me. Well, the media car, you know, the fastest yeah. thing on the road, isn't it? Yeah, true. Yeah, until the <laughs> literally end. drove we'll the wheels off that. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we yeah, were we'll probably the last that. group to arrive at the V8, so we didn't really get much chance to, to have a, a scoot around. But from my point of view, I think it's a good way of planning the next trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, solo trip. It gives you, whets the appetite, doesn't it? And it gives you ideas. And Definitely. hopefully people will take that as a positive. Yeah, okay. You, there's a lot to look around in Stuttgart, isn't there? Yes. And we didn't have anywhere near enough time to do that on this trip. So hopefully it's wet their appetite to. To go back and explore more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so from there it was onwards to go somewhere else. <laughs> I think then that, that next Can I just day ask felt... if anybody left the pens in the room? <laughs> Bad chance of that. I didn't. I brought the pen home. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I... So I'm say, are we talking about what freebies we managed to get from hotels? Is yeah, that... there was a a car shaped pen. In fact, oh. if you wait there one second. Oh. <laughs> He's got it. Just brought it with him. <laughs> it comes back with a set of towels in the bathroom. Hand stolen in Germany V8 hotel pen. They were awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's why they didn't. Not... I, I thought it was so nice. I thought it'd be rude to uh, to steal it. I <laughs> <laughs> so, got my email saying we're not allowed back. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> yeah. that one? Yeah. <laughs> the, the rate of pen theft. Yeah, I mean, being penalised. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh dear. It's just going to go mad. <laughs> the yeah, only way is up from that joke. <laughs> all, all the rooms had cool artwork as well. Um, on the walls, didn't it's they? Great so, hotel. Yeah, it was a really nice hotel. Yes. Yeah, so there are many more room. in Germany as well. Uh, the same, the V8 hotel and uh, Motorworld. They're a chain. So they right. quite a few. Like V6, of them. V10, V12 hotel. Oh, right? oh, yeah. I think they're all called V8, but yeah, that's right. not a bad idea. <laughs> so, so you were saying from there, we went yeah, to. Yeah, from there, that um, was, that's a blur for me. So, so obviously you had a morning of, of more Autobahn where yeah. you're heading through the Black Forest, but you were all born in it, yeah. the Black Forest. When we did that in, in day one, we had quite a mixture of weather. It was quite quite bad. And then we had a big traffic jam getting over the border into Switzerland. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then literally probably maybe 45 minutes in Switzerland, and then you start hitting the the great stuff going up Klausen yeah. Pass, where they hit more weather. So I know we hit it and I know you hit it this yeah. time as well. Yeah, so our trip through the Swiss border, we'd learned from you guys sacrificing yourselves in week one to stay left. Because all left the truck... And use the bus lane. I was so, use the bus lane. I must have stayed left for about 50 miles because I was so <laughs> concerned about, like, Sean saying, whatever you do, do not be in that right-hand lane. Yeah, and yeah. it made sense when we approached it. Oh, that makes yeah. sense now. But there yeah, was, thank you for that. The, the thing is, because, because I was in it and... and I, I saw that there was a lane because obviously you're reading different traffic lights, you know, signs and all the rest of it. And I can see that one's for lorries and buses. I think, well, why has that got their own special lane? And then when you realize you go further down, it was just like, looks like miles and miles of standing traffic. I think I'm so glad I'm not in that lane. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps, keeps going on. And then I think we were in, I think the second group behind at that point, And I heard him on the radio saying, um, oh yeah, just keeping the left hand lane if you can. 
So I thought, all right, okay. So I got on the left-hand lane. I thought, I'm in the bus lane here. Because I was passing all other cars, and, and then we're passing group one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, my God. And then policeman's, like, looking at one of these, flagging me down, and he's stopping me. I think, oh, he sees I'm an idiot. Stopping <laughs> us. So we got stopped and searched and passported, all the rest of it, and everything. And no gloves. Gloves were right. But but the thing is, is that then, we, so I thought we were doing really, really good because we got right at the front, which we had. But then, because it stopped us all, then everyone else that we in group one still got, got past ahead right. anyway. But, um, but yeah, so keep left. Yeah. Keep left. It definitely worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We were straight through. Not, 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 I don't think anybody was stopped in our group. No. There was a point where there was some sort of motorhome doing something weird and quite a few cars on Swiss plates were driving on the, the other side of the road. But... But just just where they were doing that was the start of what's effectively a dual carriageway. So there's a central reservation and a barrier. So if you get if anyone gets this wrong, you're just going to end up having a head-on collision. We just <laughs> waited for whatever the motorhome was doing, and uh, they got out of the way. So we didn't we didn't risk that. But all the locals were just like, just yeah, fine, just hoofing it up this dual carriageway the the wrong way, which was alarming to say the least. <laughs> but no one died, so it was all it was all good. And then yeah, we were in Switzerland and up straight into weather <laughs> yeah yeah try it first statement oh no we had to stop for 80 liters of oil first didn't we yes for <laughs> crazy as it was yeah. named yeah so there's a, a 308 i mean, full GTS. full credit for bringing a 308 on a on a trip like that you know Absolutely. and leaning into it with all the magnum pi dress and, and everything yeah. like that but um due to either italian electrics or you know, old age or whatever, there was some concern that between the ferry and the V8 hotel that this 308 had consumed all of its engine oil. And uh, so there was thankfully a Ferrari dealership right at the hotel. So it was it was checked over and it was topped up and they gave him about 10 litres of oil just in case. In a 50-gallon, um, sorry, 25-gallon drum. That's yeah. all they had. <laughs> so that was in the passenger seat. So then at every petrol station, every opportunity, every loo break, every lunch stop, anything. It was oil check. Draining all of the oil out of all of the uh, petrol stations. And anywhere that sold oil, we called in at. And it ended up being completely fine. There was no actual oil leak or oil consumption. It was just, just literally using it. it. No, no, I don't think it, it needed another it, drop it of oil. It was burning a little bit. You could smell it. Right. But um, yeah, it wasn't, in it, fairness. It, it wasn't anything like as precipitous as it was on the no. on the first so day. So could have been proud. Yeah, yeah. So we were all thinking, wow, there's, there's the one car that's definitely not going to make it on this trip. It's the 308. And no, it, it was absolutely fine. But Crazy Ian, as it was known. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Registration was CRA2Y, hence crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's one of the best players I've, I think I've ever seen. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Suited the car and the owner. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of uh, like leaning into the... To the whole Magnum yeah. PI in the dress. Did I see a um, Magnum PI video um, come out of the Europe trip somewhere? Uh, it's to come out. Oh, it's been done. But yeah, okay. we'll go on socials. A nice little uh, little reel that, that Harry at Aaron has put together. Magnum PI orientated. Nice. Uh, nice. But yeah. Uh, but before we uh, finally move on from the V8 hotel, is like, how many times do you go on holiday and happen to have an official Ferrari dealership next door to the hotel <laughs> yeah. that can provide you with like, all of the service requirements required for a 308 Ferrari. But we've got McLaren next door. Yeah. And Lamborghini. Yeah. yeah. But Pagani, I think, as well. Yeah, it's Pagani. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Lambo. Yeah. Bosch. Yeah. Yeah, the full, the full compliment. Bentley yeah, were there. Bentley were there. Yeah. 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 All yeah. around that hotel, weren't they? Yeah, yeah definitely. We think yeah. of everything. 
Yeah. Well, Not junky potato chip, but you know, <laughs> we didn't need one. The full service experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so then we were then we were in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, full of oil, uh, all all essential fluids topped up or drained as appropriate, and then, then <laughs> off into the off into the mountains. Did you get any cow problems? Yes. There Definitely. were a few around. Yes. They don't care, do they? It's like half a ton of beef. Well, it's just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it was a, it was a highlight of my whole trip, and it was at the time it felt like a horrendous experience. And it's something that now I think myself and pretty much everybody else on the trip actually looks back on pretty fondly as quite an experience. So yeah, definitely. We we'd just begun to climb. We'd finally got off motorways. Finally got onto the uh, the um, mountain roads, and we'd begun to climb. And the media car was waiting for us at the first uh, photogenic spot that we were already aware of. We got there, uh, stopped just for five minutes for photos, uh, of which if you look back on the photos now, you can actually see it's almost like the cloud stalking us, like the cloud is literally coming in, uh, in the photos behind my car. Um, and then we set off and it was without doubt, the, we drove through the middle of a storm it, well, you know, it wasn't just raining yet. That was the worst weather I've ever driven in. Mm-hmm. However, what really added to it was that we're climbing a significant height on the Swiss mountain roads and there are cows everywhere and they were all absolutely fine. They were not phased by the rain until it started hailing. And the minute it started hailing, it was just like every cow for themselves. <laughs> and they ran, they ran in every direction. And, but it was really foggy. So you had a couple of seconds to realize that each car was coming towards you. And for the most part, they were fine. They were dodging, they were dodging <laughs> the cars, but we were real concerned because I had a bright red GT3 behind me. And I heard people on the radio saying, I think that car was quite annoyed by your red car and it looked like it was going to charge it. But we've got video of it, which we may share on socials one day. But it was, it was really an experience because we've driven that. That's the third time we've driven that road. And the first two times it's been like blazing sun. Um, but to drive through a storm almost to finally get above the cloud, what it, it, that's what it felt like. Um, it really was an experience. Just to point out as well is that these, the, the kind of barriers that you have at the side of Swiss roads, it's not the kind of like, you know, double strength arm core that we're used to yeah. in the UK. It's literally a couple of posts with bit of fishing wire. Yeah. They're yeah. not there at to best. stop you going fishing off. Line. They're there to mark the edge of the road. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely wouldn't stand up to, you know, even a human falling over, let alone a car. Yeah. Well, when benefit to it. me and to, to our group, wasn't it? They cleared everything out of the way. Yeah. I mean, we still yeah. had, so by yeah, the time we rain. got there, hmm. yeah, by the, yeah, yeah. No, no hailstones, but biblical no. rain. I mean, it was. The road was a river pretty much by the time we got there yeah. and it was just torrential rain, no hail. Um, but the highlight of that particular section was just the misery on Josh and Harry's faces. We drove past them trying to, they were trying to get photos. And it was clear they were just like, yeah, I've fully had enough, you know, wet through. <laughs> on, to, day one. On, on day, on on day, day one. one. Wet, yeah. wet to the bone, you know. You'd see them get credit. They, they got some They got some photos, but uh, but <laughs> you go past them, just these two sodden figures stood <laughs> at the side of the road. Because they, they, they don't know how far behind we are. They could stay out and get yeah. some photos. So you know, take, taking uh, delight in their misery a bit there. <laughs> but it was really funny going past. <laughs> good, good chuckle. What's Sorry, your Harry. space for 2024? Cars and cows. Could be. Cars and cows <laughs> yeah. and rain and wet photographers. Yeah. No, we've had our, we've done our, our like allowance of rain 
no, each year has been the, very wet. For the, for the next five yeah. years, yeah. it's been fine. Thank you. Because yeah. uh, I think that the weather-wise, maybe not to that extent, but our weeks were very similar, weren't they? In that yeah. you had the first two or three days of, of fairly frequent rain. So did we. Um, something that we weren't, I guess, strictly anticipating. You know, you drive all that way into... It, it did not ruin the event, though. Or no, no, days, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. Added to the fun, right? Added yeah. to the fun, yeah. 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 There, was a, there, was some, there was some things that would have been cool that were stopped by fog. So the sort of group photo at the top of the, by the lake, there was a lake stop where yeah. we planned to do some drone photos and some group photos. Mm. And quite honestly, like, pass? Um, I, I can't it remember was, that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to see, see Mike at this distance out in the no. car park on that particular no. day. Yeah. So, you know, we, we weren't able to do that. And I had a couple of chastening moments where fog in tunnels, that was a new thing for me. Uh, so there's, a, there's one bit where you came into a tunnel, it was foggy inside the tunnel, and at the last second they've obviously put some, it must have happened before, some put some chevrons inside the tunnel. And if those chevrons weren't there, I'd just driven straight into the tunnel wall because it was just fog. You couldn't see a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going quickly. I was doing 15 miles an hour maybe, if that. And I, I promise you, if those chevrons weren't there, I would have driven straight into the black tunnel oh. wall because it so was so foggy. That, that tunnel, so that that's it's, it's the one we talked. Yeah, I think I say once, the Susan Pass tunnel. It's it's closed for a good part of the year. It normally opens up about two weeks before we we right. plan our trip, uh, and then it closes normally sort of mid to late October. So it's they say that's due to the altitude. It's obviously hot. Now, when we was heading up there, um, you know, we would had a bit of sort of bad weather, you know, like you, you guys had had, um, um, as soon as it sort of hit Switzerland. But by the time we started getting this sort of height, you started to get above mm -hmm. above it and the, the, the clouds are breaking through. We're getting the sun. It's you know, starting to kind of, oh, it's brilliant and twisting. You're getting on the mountain. I knew this tunnel was coming because we'd done it a few times. And obviously I'd said to the guys on the radio, I said, look, just, just watch out of the tunnel because there's generally ice still because the snow is still... Mm -hmm. Melt it that sort yep. of time. So just watch out for the ice because you know you're not normally just see it at either side of the tunnel anyway. Um, and again, I knew this tunnel was coming up, but when we when we went into the tunnel, I thought I know I'm in the tunnel, but I can't see the other end of the tunnel because <laughs> it was this is clear daylight. I, was, I can't see, and I'm kind of I'm look like I'm driving towards a brick wall. It's just like I can't see the end of it because because the fog was at the other end of the tunnel, <laughs> and you were just driving in to this whiteness, total yeah. <laughs> different. You know, weather yeah. condition from one side of the mountain to the other, and that was a really strange. Yeah. We but had good. we had that where um, we came out, went into the tunnel, one tunnel in sunshine, and came out in torrential rain. And honestly, the radios are a godsend for things like this because obviously his lead car. <laughs> so I, I was leading one of the groups, and you know, you're, you're you're the canary in the coal mine. You know, you come out the other end, and like honestly, it's like two inches of standing water on the road. It's like you're just very lucky not to mack the plane off the road at that point because the transition is so stark from more or less dry road inside the tunnel into you know spray coming up off both wheels over the over the car just get on the radio and say you know you all need to back off because you can have an it's enormous accident if you hit that yeah it's, it's slightly damp coming out Quite and a everyone's like when we hit stuttgart we, we hit 39 degrees it's yeah yeah it was warm so we're expecting a quite a warm run yeah to go south and Higher, well, we had a bit of a thunderstorm event in Stuttgart that night, didn't we? Yeah, the um, the tables were blown away. <laughs> full full Hollywood thunderstorm, <laughs> yeah. crashing and banging and blowing food off the table. So we were yeah. sat outside eating at the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We had to rescue the brownies and go back inside. <laughs>
But um, so those brownies, I'd forgotten about those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the weather, the weather added to it because you just sort of it changed it up. It added a, a new dynamic to it. Going over the top of Furka, I think where the, where the Goldfinger Hotel is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was again for us week two, impenetrable fog, uh, and then you come over the come over the top. It's a single, basically a single lane road, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. With passing places, single track with passing places over the top. So there's there's oncoming traffic that can't see you and you can't see them. So it's all it's all a bit worrying, you know, in thick fog. But you come over the top and it's blazing sunshine and you know great photo opportunities down yeah. at the uh, down at the hotel. Belvedere. Belvedere, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that uh, well, one of the photos from that stop made it into the Redline magazine article. I know there was another. Yeah, hats off really to. Uh, kid, uh, Harry's uh, editing skills on yeah. that one made it look like it was completely secluded. It was absolutely heaving. <laughs> well, so, yeah. there was us, there was another Porsche club who oh, yeah. uh, turned up exactly the same time with loads of very nice Porsches to yeah. be fair to them. Classic Porsche. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a Lots busy spot, very busy spot, yeah. um, but an incredible place of the world. And so we basically we spend three days of the whole tour, don't we? Once we cross into the Switzerland, uh, over the border, we uh, into Switzerland, we spend three whole days touring as many of the more iconic passes as we can. Yeah. Um, and they're just, uh, it's, it's another world out there. They are definitely an experience. Um, the, uh, the Grimsel pass, uh, uh is probably one of my favorites cause you, you can drive that connect, you can, um, pair up Suston pass and Grimsel pass, but we obviously stay at a hotel kind of half halfway yeah. or at the beginning of Grimsel. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly where, but. It is right. on on the Grimsel Pass route, mm-hmm. um, but that again is a that well that's a it's an incredibly like um, breathtaking location certainly for a hotel. Yeah. Um, but I'd, it's actually on a dam. You got to drive across the dam yeah. wall. Yeah. Um, to get to get to the hotel. And one thing I mentioned is actually a documentary on TV at the moment about that dam. And apparently the dam's failing at the moment. So oh, that's why they're building they're building another dam in front of it because okay. at some point that dam's going to fail. That that's wall's cool. cracked. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, hopefully. Good they, to know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully we're not definitely. staying in the yeah. hotel when it's yeah. about to yeah. go. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's like just in terms of like I guess the chronological order, that's the that's the first Switz hotel that we that we stay in. Um so we 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 cross the border, do passes for that day, stay in that hotel. The um it was well certainly on our trip, I, I think you, the weather was a little bit kinder to you at that hotel than it was to us. But it was a very bizarre experience that we were in the first floor restaurant and literally the fog engulfed the hotel so you couldn't see an inch out it, we were like dining in a cloud basically yeah i know you guys were doing photos lower trying down to. trying to yeah. took took the uh there was a, a brief moment of sunshine oh, that mm-hmm. was brilliant went went to my car which was 10 meters away got yep. the drone out got the drone you know set up by the time the drone had taken off fog just yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had a brief you know five minutes of sunshine and it would have been a really nice photo, but yeah, it was just foggy. But it's not, I guess it's not foggy. It was just the, the speed at which the clouds come in because it's, you know. Yeah, I don't think you just get whipped up. I don't think you appreciate until you're there the, the, the speed of the weather change. Yeah. You've got to watch flying drones around there. Apparently uh, they can hit things. <laughs> yeah, just always no more. Uh, have to bring that up, don't you? Always, every, <laughs> every time. I've had counselling since and I'm still suffering. <laughs> still not yeah. over it. All right. Well, I crashed it, but I landed it, so I'll... <laughs> you flipped it mid-air. All right, I, I, I semi-crashed it, but we, it, it made it home safely. That's all, that's all that matters. It was 50-50 whether it went in the bottom of a lake. 
or made it <laughs> home. And uh, there was a lot of swearing when I saw those um, uh, wires coming into view, <laughs> uh, pylons coming into view. But anyway, you made um, it. You made it. Less said about that, the better. Anyway, yeah. But it is a very scenic place, and all even though it was foggy and the weather was a bit hit and miss, we still got some really great photos from there. Um, and we managed to get some some great night shots uh, on the dam with with Mark's car as well. Mm. They're, they're really good. So yeah, yeah. I think we took some rollers, and there was just that that little area is really prop the proper definition of epic. You know, it's it's a really great place for for content and just great photos of cars. And so I think yeah. a few people might look back on that opportunity as a missed opportunity because they chose to stay in bed or have breakfast or whatever instead mm -hmm. of going out early and getting getting the rollers, getting the content that, that was shot in the morning. Um, and, you know, if you're, on, if you're on future tours, if you come on that Alpine tour again, which is um, bookable yep. now, isn't it? So, yeah, if you do book on, you know, don't, that particular hotel, don't miss the opportunities to get out and get some content. It's a fair point, that, because obviously we've got the likes, obviously, um, um, Josh, Harry, Peter, um, you know, that came on those uh, those two weeks of trips and and they're, they're eagerly excited about getting content, getting the photos yeah. and, and they'll be up, you know, five o'clock in the morning to get that sunrise because they want to get it. They love, they love doing that. And, yeah. and those people that can be, you know, can make it and get out of bed will, yeah. you know, be rewarded if they get the cars yeah. there because there's some awesome shots that go from that. Yeah. The, 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 the dual car rollers, they were mm. really good. The sort of chase, uh, almost sort of car chase photos that yeah. came out of that, those morning sessions were some of the best content that the club's ever produced, I think. So, mm. you know, really good, um, really good media. Uh, so yeah, just for future, future reference, you know, lean into the, to the media stuff. If you've got, got an interest in that sort of thing, um, you just gotta be up, be up early to, to get it and doing that stuff is, is a highlight. You know, I, I was out at night taking some, taking some photos and being involved in some of the media side of things. And it's, it's good fun. Mm -hmm. A bit of a highlight for us as a team running Absolutely. it, isn't it? Doing the, doing some of the media side of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. These opportunities are easily missed because you're only there once. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to see the results, check our website or also check out the Redline magazine because, uh, quite a few of those shots from that media session you're talking about were the ones that were selected yeah. to be printed and they came out very good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that was a, a mini highlight of, for a few of us, I think. Um, so just trying to think what's, what's next sort of chronologically trying to do it in, in order. So, well, I mean, we, we covered a lot of the Swiss passes. We know we don't have to uh, go into each one, but I guess essentially we, we ended the driving of the passes at, uh, Brunnen, um, which is a lakeside hotel area and, um, the edge of Lake Lausanne. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, well, you, you've got to, I guess, be there to experience it, but it's out of this world as a, as a location. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, staggering backdrop. Incredible place. Yeah. And a, and a rest day, which yeah. is a really important thing to build in. And some people had a lot of fun on their, on their rest day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did, did, uh, was, did anything come out of week one on the rest day? That was, um, uh, we had worthy? a, uh, one of the photographers, what name, his name, it gives with P and ends with Eta. And um, uh, he, he he did have a little bit too much to drink. He wasn't driving, so it's fine. But you know, he he had to be up for the media day the next day. <laughs> um, he was very quiet, very slow. Yeah, definitely, definitely not his usual chirpy self. Um, and rumor has it that 
he made use of the um, sick packages in the back of the media car quite a lot. He was nobody wanted him to be a passenger seat next to him anyway. You know, it was, it was not very. But he still got up and still took the date, the photos and stuff. But yeah, he was it was a bit worse for wear. But um, no, it was, um, I, I enjoyed that hotel there. That, yeah, yeah it's good. It's good. It was quite surreal on that. Is it Gotthard Pass? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a a wacky racers type circuit. We kept seemed to keep passing all the yeah. groups as we were going. So up. you're not okay. on the media day. We went no. that way on the media day. No, you know, uh, not on, on the on the, the on the main day. Yeah, on the uh, I think day two on the client uh, before the Belvedere Hotel. We, we go we rode up, up from uh, Tremolo. Uh, yeah. yeah, near Tremolo. Okay. But there's that there's that slip road that's really easy to miss. Yes. And yes. then you end up going up the Cobbledale. Yeah, but then oh, yeah, maps, will re maps will reroute you, but it essentially takes you like up and down yes. and then back yeah. up. And it's, yes. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly where it you was made funny. that mistake. It was, it was, yeah. it was really good fun. That's, that's group one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. Can be, it is almost, there's, there's actually two roads, at least two roads, possibly three. There's three. That they actually, you know, sorry, I'm just smacking one. But the, the crossover, like you say, that it's all yeah. like And they a, all sort of end up at the top of Gotthard yeah. Pass, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It looks like a bit of like scale electric racetrack sticking out of the side of the mountain, actually. It is, yeah. Of course, yeah. There's, a, there's a 10 mile long tunnel that goes straight through the middle of it as well. Yes, so there a, is. Almost like a slide that goes down the middle. Yeah. So we, we drove that tunnel on our, our take on the media day, which is an interesting thing. But the rest day, someone slept on the roof. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was again. Uh, the roof of the hotel or yeah, roof of the car? No, the hotel, I think. Oh, okay. Due to. Um, uh, so much excessive imbibement, yeah. yeah. This sounds like something out of sort of that Stagnite film, what's they call it now? The Hangover. Hangover. Yeah. yeah. Expect the whole film on the roof of the hotel. Yeah, so there's one of our one of our attendees going out for a very early morning jog past them on the stairs. <laughs> they weren't conscious on the stairs. But... They were asleep on the stairs. <laughs> they were asleep on the stairs. That was uh, not the sort well, of... Apparently where... he chose the stairs after he'd been in the sauna. <laughs> he slept yeah. in the sauna for quite a while. He couldn't find his room. But there you go. Disclaimer: uh, It was the rest day. We were not driving that day. It was a passenger. Yeah. Yeah. A passenger on his rest day. It's still absolutely hilarious. We shall <laughs> remain unnamed. Remain unnamed. Yeah. Um, but the media day itself, certainly on week two, that's that's noteworthy because basically, we we were having a, a, an evening beverage in the in the bar, and basically looking when you, when you look at where Lake Lucerne is on a map. And if you just draw a line in a straight line, it's only about 80-something miles to Como or thereabouts. What, in Italy? Yeah. Uh -huh. And so Como is one of my favorite places on Earth. So I was saying, well, we don't have to go, you know, we don't have to go west. We can go south for the media day and take in the original route of one of the passes that we were going to do and then just keep going and we'll end up in Italy and it'll be great. Um, and it's about the same amount of driving as the media day anyway. Does anyone fancy going to Como? And uh, I think Mark was just like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and therefore, lost control of the situation and we ended up in Como. Uh, and a few, well, some of you did. Some of us ended up in Como. Those of us who didn't abandon our mobile telephones in the uh, yeah. cafes on the way. Um, but that was a Mile really... Mile <laughs> That was so a I really good I point day. out to anyone that's listening to this is that we generally run organised successful planned routes that you know lots of planning put yeah. ahead and even on the basis of that <laughs> we're just making up some of it as we go along we well, only it. on that day you know that, that was the rest day okay. it was the so rest anything day. goes so it was anything open goes. to interpretation open. a lot of people did a, a lucerne boat trip down to to lucerne town itself supercars yeah. and saunas uh, 
But it was, I mean, that was a real highlight for me. Just well, because I love Como, but I think those of us who went on that drive, like the when the the moment you cross the border into Italy, it's like all bets are off because the rules of driving in Italy are pretty much something along the lines of do whatever you want and get out the way of everybody else who are doing what they want to do. And uh, and, yeah. and if you if you can manage that, you're fine. Um, so we were there, you know, procession of sort of sports and supercars heading into the sort of general Como area. Minus and, one. Um, minus one. But uh, we had a... Good mixture of Italian cars. Uh, none of the Ferraris cho chose to come with us, um, which is their loss. But uh, we, we, we had a we had a good time anyway. And uh, it, was, it was that was that was brilliant. And we got some great media content out of that. So interesting thing was, that obviously, we had, the wife left her phone in the uh, cafe at the top of Gotthard. Mm-hmm. We only knew as we were coming down the hill to Tremolo. You're not literally not on the throttle, aren't you? And I've got 70.1 MPG on the Jag. <laughs> Read out. And I said to the wife, get your, get your camera out quick. Get a photo of that. I'm never going to see that again. That's when we discovered that the phone wasn't where it should be. So you were in the tunnel at the time? We were coming down the hill to Tremolo okay. Oh, okay. before right. the tunnel. And I just got on the radio and said, guys, we're going to have to duck out. So we went back to get the phone and fortunately she got it back. But then we did the, the Gran Turismo road, you know, the cobble. The cobble, the Tremolo Pass. Down we the, did the proper one all the way oh, down. Well. Wow. Really good. It's in, it's in remarkably good condition. It's probably better than most Lake District passes anyway. Yeah. You know. Especially if you're in something where the suspension can take it. I felt like I was getting going to there were lots of cars. There was some sort of French car club coming the other way, and there were yeah. ranged from new 911s to E-types coming up the hill. There were quite a mix of cars, including Ferraris and some supercars. Yeah, and they were coming up it fine. I think yeah. in general, for our rest day, the week two rest day, people just chose to do what they want, and no one made a bad choice. Everyone no. sort of seemed to enjoy whatever it was that they that they chose to do. The advantage from our point of view is we did Furka again in Newfoundland, and the one it was perfect sunshine wow mm -hmm. so we got yeah. to see the two sides of it yeah yeah. And yeah we were back at the hotel for four o'clock so yeah do you know a story about how we found the tremolo road no so so last year the gran turismo road yeah it was they call it gran turismo road because i was on gran turismo just taking pictures of cars because i'm not right good at racing games a bit like martin really yeah so. Harry's pr pretty spot on, but I would—I don't really do the racing game. So, but I was taking photos of cars, and, and in Gran Turismo, there's there's a, a service called Scapes or something like that. Scenes. You basically get your car and you put it in like a real life scenario and take like virtual photos of it. And one of these ones, it just says Alpine passes and stuff. So I thought I found this one. I thought it was really good, and it just says Gothard Pass, Switzerland. I thought I've been there. We'll be going there near the next year. <laughs> this was like last year. Um, and I found out where it was. We literally were driving past it, and and then I found exactly where it was at that location. Mm. So I created this virtual photo in the game, and then took my real car there last year, and actually created a real it. photo, yeah. you know, from that location. And then we thought actually it's quite a good location to bring more members, really. So that's where we yeah. did that this year. It's a really good spot, actually. Yeah. And it, when when it's you a, look at it on a map, it looks like it would be potentially awful to get a supercar down there, but it's not. It's absolutely fine. And I, some can, I can vouch for there. the fact that you can go all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. Drops you at the bottom of the tre Tremolo. So mm -hmm. yeah. It links to some of those wacky races roads we kept <laughs> passing each other on on the yeah. way up. So, yeah, yeah. nice. Yes. So, 
So the takeaway was Switzerland roads are awesome. Yes. And yes, they uh, are. Yeah, we'll be doing it again next year. I think everyone had a, a huge smile yeah. on their face. Absolutely, yeah. The whole so, thing about Switzerland, it's as if the whole country's got OCD. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing out of place and nothing yeah, it's true. wrong, is there? No. You know, we're talking about two and a half thousand foot passes and there's potholes. What is that? Yeah, they're all yeah. in absolutely perfect condition, which yeah. is amazing considering the weather. So quickly before we move on, um, just a quick takeaway, like the, your favourite car that came on the trip. So I'm going to start Me? with Mike. All yeah. oh, right, okay. Oh, he's not your own. Do you want to go yeah. the other, other way first? Uh, <laughs> Put you on the spot. I don't know. Probably one of the, the Ferraris, the, the 458s. There were two versions, wasn't there? Yeah. There was Ian's and there was uh, Kevin. Spider and the Coupe. Yeah. yeah. So one Pro of those. I'd probably go for the Spider. I like 458 Spider. Yeah, the 458 Spider. Strong choice. Mark, what about you? Uh, I would probably say the GT3, the red GT3 with us. Um, I think it's a 991.2 GT3, I yeah. believe. Um, I think probably from a road trip experience, there's probably not that many other cars that rival it on twisty roads. But also, it combining it with the number plate, I absolutely <laughs> loved the number the, plate gone. It, the it noise it makes gone. as well. And yeah, it's an, yeah a very noisy yeah. car. And a very spirited driver who was happy to... Uh, uh, slide through a few corners here and there. <laughs> I can see it in my rearview mirror thinking, well, there's cows ahead, so <laughs> take it easy. But no, a great driver and, and great car. And yeah, I think if I was to repeat that trip with a bucket list car, a GT3 would probably be the one to do it in. Fair enough. Well, so you had a different set of cars on your well, drive. Yeah, I did. did. So and, um, and, what was it you know, for you? Equally as, um, as diverse, I think, as, mm. as, as, as what you had as well. So, for me, my, my favorite car just for me was sort of the bright lime green V12 SVJ. Just, nice. just, just love Lambos, but yeah, I'm kind of jealous because I'm, I think, a bit too tall to fit it one of those, mm. but absolutely just beautiful, beautiful car to see. Uh, but I've got to say, the respect I've got for you know, in terms of, of our group, was the Series One Lotus Elise. Yeah, uh, it's literally. You know, the car must be what going on twenty years old now. Getting there, uh, maybe not twenty fifteen, but but the the car was just epic. You know, there's no no air conditioning, mm. no traction control, um, no ABS, um, and and the car was still, you know, keeping up with the rest of us. It wasn't the slowest car on our trip. Um, it was that was a concern I'd got, you know, and and it was able to handle and. The driver was just, you know, you know, didn't want any special, like, you know, exceptions. The route was exactly the same as everyone else did. And, you know, my hat off to him because, you know, he put himself through hell and absolutely enjoyed it as well. Yeah. And it wasn't, he got another car that was also a qualifying car that was capable, but he actually chose to do it in that because he wanted that experience. And, yeah. you know, Fair so much respect for that. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, like if I had to choose to do it in another car, another car that was on our our week i think i would absolutely choose the the 458 spider mm -hmm. but there's some strong contenders out, out there like the db11 just looked amazing every time from every angle at, in the yeah. mirrors ahead of you on the road like whatever anytime you're just looking at db11 it just looked so right in the sort of mm -hmm. swiss um environment you know with the, those backdrops and everything an absolutely stunning that looking was Naveen, car wasn't it? yeah um <clears> and <throat> then it much like you with the the series one at least like hats off to to Magnum PI in the 308 because yeah, Ian. what a machine 
what a guy dri- driving you know just like the whole the whole it's not the quickest car sure but you know it absolutely um handled everything that was thrown at it um you know yeah it might have had there was a few nervy moments in the, the early part of the trip but it seemed to sort of settle into right where i'm being used properly so let's get on with it and uh you know credit credit where credit's due for just even about us as, as, as a club is just that you know it doesn't have to be the most expensive car yeah. in the world or no. as long as it fits in the category you know, everyone's welcome absolutely and, and no one's tried any differently because yeah it. yeah it's just great you know the, the qualifying list is something like you know ferrari any model and that's a huge chasm of performance you know difference between something like a 308 and even you know something that's recent but not that recent in the, the 458 and yet both cars both two Ferraris, chalk and cheese, but absolutely both but enjoying it. But arguably a 308 would probably draw more attention than an F8. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. I certainly had and some admiring did. glances, yeah. It probably did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely. It's an old one. Um, enjoyed by the by the public out in, um, particularly when we were parked up for a long period of time in, in, the, in the the rest day, etc. That, that was, didn't have aircon either, did it? No, it didn't. No, no I think it had anything. Neither did no Danny's, <laughs> Danny's McLaren. No. That, that that didn't look uh, anything short of toasty. In there, he, he was slowly melting. Him yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No aircon in his McLaren. No, no, no. Broken. It was thirty nine in Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. It's damp, moist. <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of that episode of Talk with you with James Mays and the Aston, the race prep. Aston yes, they, in, they kept the clothes on, on this one. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. No district. No disrespect to Danny and his dad, but we love that they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, clothing very much, uh, very much not optional <laughs> on these on these things. So that that's kind of Europe, you know. I, it was a brilliant trip. Looking back, tons of fond memories and 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 friends made and and, and all lost. the rest of it. Getting lost, yeah, all, all of that stuff. Um, Having to take a group through Zurich city centre. <laughs> so we're looking forward to doing it again next you year. Did it? Yeah, yeah, you made yeah. you made it. We made no, it. No one died. So, um, <laughs> No. So, so it's bookable now. So, if you want to do this, have this experience that we've been talking about, or something very similar to it, it's live um, now. It is live now on the website. You can you can um, go on there uh, and, and book if it. If the spaces are full, um, put your name down on the reserve list um, because it does quite often happen that people do drop out as well, um, and can we, it has been known to burn through reserve lists. Yeah, exactly, yeah. so um, so yeah, do that. Yeah, don't think you've missed out just because. It might look full. I mean, it's not full at the moment, but there's still, uh, yeah, uh, good chance of getting on if you're on the reserve list. So, yeah, but suddenly, if there's a really long reserve list, you never know. There might, be, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So, so moving on, there was another kind of uh, weather-affected summer event. There's a theme here, 2023. Yeah. It's been wet. Yeah. Um, so that was Grantley Hall. Mm. So the summer barbecue. <laughs> Well, you sounded quite positive about it then. It was a great day, but by God, it was absolutely biblical rain well, for the had, whole day. We had a quite a detailed parking plan about where all yeah. the cars were going to go. We knew in advance what cars were arriving. Um, we 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 spent you know a couple of days you know organising, setting up where all the cars were going to be, and we couldn't park anyone there. No, no. So a bit of um, context for anyone who doesn't know the event or hasn't been to the event before. Once a year, we host something called Supercar Sunday at Grantley Hall. It is an afternoon barbecue for our members um, in the beautiful grounds of, of Grantley Hall. We've got access to the Grantley Suite, which is a dedicated bar and eating area. There's uh, like 
sort of uh, fine dining barbecue uh, food served. And then we have access to all the grounds where, uh, of which we do a parking plan to sort of scatter the attending cars throughout the grounds. So it you know, makes for quite a nice visual display. And it's not just like a car park where, well, the plan is it's not just like a car park where everybody's like boxing together. And we do our best each year to mix it up and have different car brands, you know, parts at the front of the house versus on the lawns and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this year, like you just said, uh, all that completely went out the window. Grantley said, we're sorry, the weather um, means you cannot park on the majority of the lawn, which is fair enough because it hadn't just, it wasn't just drizzle. It had hammered it down for multiple days. Um, and so we did have to just park everybody in two, lo two key locations, just all together didn't we like at the front of the house and then at the helipad which is you know i think you know you might question why why is it split but there's a certain amount of space at the front of the house and then there's a certain amount of space at the helipad because the helipad is artificial grass it's oh no it's hard standing yeah there's, there's a few areas that they've got it's like a hard standing slash they've got this like mesh system in the ground yeah it's real grass but it's gridded it's, it's, it's yeah. gridded so it's uh it's like driving on concrete so yeah so yeah. So we did that, we, uh, the, the format of the day beyond what I've just mentioned is we also have uh, numerous car dealerships down to offer test drives of various cars to members, which are pre-booked, pre usually booking slots get released about two weeks before the event. And there's probably a variety of about 12-ish cars to choose from um, and maybe three or four slots per car. So the, the capacity for the test drives is pretty good. Still gone in um, seconds though. You have to be fast. Yeah, they, they sell out very quickly, uh, those ones for sure. Um, what was a little bit disappointing was that the weather hindered the amount of test drives that could take place. Yeah. Well, it um, goes without saying, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, because it, 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 like I said, it wasn't just damp. It was yeah. actively hammering it down and, and just wasn't safe to chuck somebody the keys to a car they're not necessarily familiar with and the insurance liabilities on, on that side of stuff. So that was affected. But other than that, we had a, we had a great day, didn't we? It was spirits were high. Food was great. Yeah. Fair play to McLaren. They still carried on with the Artura. Yes. Yeah. You know, most of a play with that. I was amazed though. Hey, that I got in it. Yeah. Six foot five. In, I think. Didn't you have a last year you did the, um, Hurricane Spider, didn't you? I tried to book the Hurricane Spider, but then suddenly realised that my head was above the windscreen. <laughs> the spider's got the whole of my head, just cheap. part of it. Yeah, <laughs> so we had to do a quick switch. Switch. I've got to see your face. <laughs> it would, well, it would have blown the wig yes, off, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> so the, the the seats in the Artura are a work of art. They're they're, they're so comfortable. You wouldn't think that a bucket seat could be as, as accommodating. Yeah, yeah, you know, they are, but they're not st standard though. It depends which seats. You yeah, you have to option yeah. them, I think. But they are amazingly accommodating cars. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a nice car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The seats are you you feel hemmed in, and it it feels. I mean, obviously on a test drive, you don't do that much mileage, but it felt really comfy, and you thought I could drive all day in this. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's and definitely. In in normal mode, it's just like driving a normal car. Amazing. I think Richard mm. was quite surprised they got in it in first place, to be fair. <laughs> he, he, he logged that in his memory banks. <laughs> Origami. Six foot yeah, five into an Artura. Does go. Yeah. Amazingly. And it didn't feel cramped, mm -hmm. in fairness to McLaren. Yeah. Know, they've got the, the proportions right on that. Nice one. So that, that'll be on next year. Again, 
membership. Um, sunnier times. Hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's it's uh, it's sunnier. It's it's a great event. It's um it's a real uh, good opportunity to meet other members and, and chat in a way that doesn't is not as possible on on tours and other driving events or other static events where it's, there are other you know where for example sports cars in the park where there's other clubs that it's massive you know you, you tend to sort of it's lots spread out social, a bit it's, it's, it's a, a bit more social inter- event yes yeah, it's more intimate a bit more yeah and and often members will bring like something really special from their collection you know with ford gts or diablo svs or whatever they'll bring you know the the sort of whatever they're sort of most proud of or you know whatever mm. along to that one because of the location the sort of prestige of it and and so on and so forth so a really great event real shame about the weather that fingers crossed for for next year you say it's been the theme for the year hasn't it yeah it has yeah although we got away with it we attended ultimate supercar yes and the weather for that one absolutely stunning was amazingly really lucky yeah amazingly we it, saved up all our weather points i think yeah yeah so we were invited to be uh probably play a key part in the um in the first ultimate supercar so it ran uh primarily by a company called straight liners who i think we've mentioned before but yeah we were invited to be a key part of of that at elvington uh it was 20th of august that took place and yeah i think uh because unlike a lot of events uh where if it's a bit wet it's a bit wet but you get on with it uh rain would probably have stopped play on the key usp of that event which is the um it's a static car show with also uh runway access for top speed uh exhibitions let's call it yeah. demonstrations from a variety of sports and supercars so some of our members you know well, quite a few of our members took part in that um but yeah we i think we're watching the forecast hourly for the whole week the whole yeah two week run up to it like a hawk and it swung in our, you know, in, in the event. It wasn't looking favor. good at, at some points. No, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Really I was fully expecting that it would be at least a portion of the day would be rain and it was actually dry and warm for the whole day. The ice cream vendors were, yeah. you know, running full chat the whole day. Yeah. That's people streaming past the loads of ice cream and stuff. It was, yeah. it was a really good day. Um, so why I, I really enjoy about it is, is that, is that, as, as how many people know is that obviously Elvington is one of, if not the longest runway in the country. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, you know, opportunity for, um, for, you know, sports performance, supercars to kind of reach top speeds, there's literally very other areas that can be done in the country and done safely as safely well. Safely and legally. Yeah. Um, and the way the, um, the, the, um, layout of the event is structured is that the main viewing area, um, where people see the, the obviously cars. It's not at the start line like it is a majority of other events that's out there. It's literally at the point where the cars are reaching the top speed. That's where they're coming coming past you. So you're actually getting to witness cars coming past you at 200 miles an hour plus. And there's literally nowhere else but wherever in, in, in the country where people can actually see that as a supercar themed event. Yeah. You know, and it's we just definitely something we wanted to be involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to, there's very few places in the in the whole world where you, that that I know of that these events are a thing. So it's definitely unique. Not just the fact that you that there are a number of cars exceeding 200 miles an hour and have the space to do that, but where the super, where the you know, spectator parts are right there. You know, and it's not like you're if you go to like Pendine Sands or something, you're quite a long way away. You know, sort of binoculars distance away from what's going on. Whereas actually, you're 
40, 50 feet away from yeah. from the, the edge of the runway. The so. thing is, it's not, this is not a Tesco car park sort of scenario, you know? No, absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is the, which is the other place you can probably see cars doing to them <laughs> So, the, But this is, um, no, no, definitely not. No, edit that out, edit that out. Um, but, the, but, but, but the serious note is that reason why we were, we wanted to be involved with it because we knew straight liners were involved and they're literally in their experience in, yeah. in the that whole sector is second to none there's no yeah. single company out there that i'm aware of that actually you know has had the amount of pedigree um you know and and the awareness of 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 everything safety 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 all around so the crowds were well back from 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 it so there's no risk to public on that sort of side of things um, and we you know we you know we helped with the organizing so we want to make sure that everything with big screens there televised so even though start line was like nearly two miles away from where people were physically viewing that people could see what was going off see the yeah. cars come in um and and they felt very much involved in the event wherever yeah. they were as well so yeah. so how many cars took part in the event how many cars were there on the runway in the end uh roughly 60 cars on the runway yeah yeah 60 was about the capacity and the top speed of the fastest car two two seven that's really fast yeah so that's we the majority of supercars who did multiple runs were anywhere between, I would say, 200 and 205. Yeah. Um, but there's a tuning company called MSL, who I believe did a partnership with another tuning company called Infinity. Sorry if I'm getting the name wrong, but I think that's right. Uh, and they bought down a modified 720S, which... Uh, an incredible, you know, incredible amount of modification meant that that car. So the US, one of the USPs of Ultimate Supercar is to achieve the top speed run. The top speed uh, is recorded at one point two five miles, not one mile. And that extra little bit beyond the mile is where a lot of the supercars crack the two, crack the two hundred. But the MSL car was doing two hundred twenty seven by the mile, yeah. And it was its gearbox that stopped it from going further. So there's probably future developments to be had in the gearbox arena. Yeah. But just the fact wow. that at the half mile, it was doing what, 180 or something yeah, like that. Like, the speed was staggering. Like, there's an onboard video of it. Yeah. You can watch the onboard. Yeah. It's on and the Ultimate Supercar socials. Yeah. yeah. It's mind blowingly fast. It's, it's got to be for a road going vehicle. I mean, I've seen on boards of Veyrons and Chirons and stuff. And they don't look anything like. How, how fast the 720s is going not even close yeah it's seriously seriously fast in a straight line and, and whilst i don't think it's you know a, a a guinness book of records official official record um they claim and i'm i definitely believe them on this that it's well that is the world's fastest 720s to do a half mile and a mile yeah. um run um yeah. I, I believe the day before at a similar event um which was more focused on the half mile runs it had done uh just oh yeah that that's actually it had done at the half mile just under 200 and at, at ultimate supercar the next day it just cleared the 200 so i believe it was actually by the half mile doing 201 yeah i think so absolutely staggering speed unbelievable yeah. one thing one car that definitely stood out for me as in when i saw it come up on the timing sheet i was sort of like what the hell was a 540c which was you know, as far as the, the McLaren pecking order goes, they're, they're pretty low down. Are they the slowest car? Well, it's the entry since, level. It's the entry, the, level, entry one. level one. Um, and that that was doing over 200 miles an hour. It was definitely tuned 
but that was rapid. They, they, whoever's, whoever, whichever tuning company was involved in that 540C had definitely developed that to, to levels that, you know, it was massively faster than the 600LTs and 570Ss. It was ridiculous. I, I was like, you know, sure, someone's typed this in wrong is what I thought when, <laughs> I, when I saw the, the data originally, but... Yeah. But no, it kept it kept on going and repeating the, uh, and repeating and there were the a few beyond, in similar. There were a few surprises of the day. So um, we were we were because we we worked with straight liners on on some of the organisational elements. We were aware of the cars that were booked on and coming, and there was just like an, a, a G eighty. It's a G eighty two, the new M four, whichever the new model uh, number is. Uh, just an M four booked on, and then when the M four arrived, it was like. Oh, where can my support vehicle go? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether it was ethanol, but the spot was it ethanol that the support vehicle was going. Oh, I know, uh, sorry, yeah, methanol. methanol um, and uh, I, I was looking at the top speeds it was set, and I was thinking, my God, like I'm sure that it was like an M4 was clearing like 180, 190. Like the speeds were yeah. really, really high. Yeah. So it became very apparent very quickly that wasn't standard yeah. either. Um, but yeah, fair play, whoever had done. The work to that M4 was equally quite an impressive build, yeah. but that's just great to see because you know at the event we had three Ford GT40s, the old ones. I mean, uh, I believe that one was original and two were replicas. Yeah. Um, but still, like th there was kind of like all mixture of, of of styles of cars. So we had three GT40s run. Um, there was of course um, cars you'd expect of a supercar event like Lamborghini SVs. Um, we had a series of uh, quite a variety of Ferraris. There was definitely a 296, a SF90, SF yeah. um, and, and some, yeah, just really interesting to see. And then the, uh, the other end of the scale, then you had, uh, you know, an RS, modified RS6 set in fantastic times. Um, and from a public perspective, uh, I think the variety really added to the day. Definitely. Um, it, it's fantastic to see a Lambo go very fast. But if it was 60 Lambos, you know, probably wears, yeah. they get, get a bit bored quite quickly. But to see that variety was yeah. was great. And interesting things like 296 going faster than the SF90. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. just things you don't expect to see. Yeah. The, the driver does have some, something to do with it. There was, um, we did a similar um, private event uh, on uh, at Elvington yeah. um, about a year ago. And uh, one, one, one member showed up with a, a lightly tuned um, 911 Turbo S and couldn't quite get over 200 miles an hour and they were a little bit disappointed and uh, they chucked the keys to to one of their friends who then went and absolutely smashed the 200 mile an hour barrier so it just goes to show that 007. yeah even even um, even in a, a straight line there is some driver skill involved in getting these cars to do to do these things it's not driver weight distribution it's, like, it's yeah. not driver weight it's yeah. definitely okay <laughs> not not those sorts of people <laughs> i know where you're going with this, <laughs> where you're going with this one and we shouldn't really no we shouldn't go there <laughs> in this he particular did actually instance. comment that when he took the, the the weight out of the car he just put it in the back seat <laughs> maybe that was the problem but yeah so you know it's interesting seeing a 296 going quicker than an SF90, but you know, there is a, there is a, a driver. mirrors thing in it. Oh yeah. So some, some, some people <laughs> were struggling, I say struggling, but you know, there, there was, there was a couple of like 199.9s and they chose to fold their wing mirrors in 
um, which is an interesting choice because aerodynamically, there's some, there's some, uh, it's a bit controversial that, but they did, they did then manage to go on to, four, to exceed. Four mile an hour difference. Yeah. Those that have done it say, they yeah. pulled them in. But, but then you, you combine that with that they're burning through fuel. So they're, they're yeah, getting they're a little bit lighter. Yeah. But I think that that really adds to the, the day because the public are seeing drivers improve and improve their time yeah. and the drivers are loving it and the public yeah. are like, oh, fine. Like the public were audibly cheering when they saw certain cars break 200 yes. who had clearly been on around about the 198, 199 yeah. um, boundary for, for, a, for a, like the whole morning. And then in the afternoon they broke it. And that was like, like I said to you, like obviously being a little kind of part of the uh, uh, event from an organization, organizational perspective, I, I was borderline emotional when I heard the crowd cheer because, yeah. um, you know, you're involved in doing something that is bringing genuine joy at a certain time to, yeah. to, the, to such a large group of people. Yes. Um, and, and it was fun, absolutely fantastic. Great feedback, isn't it? Yeah, Great. absolutely. Yeah. Still absolutely. Come, still coming in now. Yeah. How many people do you think were there cheering? Do you know the, the we have, numbers? We have roughly 3,000. Uh, so the, the for, for a first event, um, uh, it, yeah, in, in sort of the, the, the north as well, because a lot of the bigger supercar events do take place mainly in the south. Yeah. For a first uh, event of that type in the north, it was really great, great response from the public. And I think based on all the feedback we've seen and straight liners have seen, there's going to be a, an even bigger turnout for year two. Excellent. Look forward to it. And don't know when yet. That'll be partially up to straight liners as well, but tickets will be on sale before the end of the year and applications for the runway will be open before the end of the year. So keep an eye out at uh, the 18th of the, August. Yeah, 18th of August next year. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to run their car on the runway, are there criteria? There's a sort of a qualifying car list of the cars that can't run. What's the, what's the, the deal? There's a qualifying car list, um, which is available on the Ultimate Supercar website. Alongside that, it is an application process because just we there's a balance between giving enjoyment for the drivers and making sure that you deliver an event for the public. And like I was saying, the variety is such a key part of that. Yeah. So I love R8s. Sean drives an R8, but we had so many R8 supply this time round. We had to start saying no to them because we can't say to the public, please come along and watch 60 R8s do top speed runs. Yeah. There's no variety there. Yeah. So yeah, there, it is an application process. Um, that being said, if you have something special or different that is not on the qualifying list, please do still apply because you know, there are definitely things that will be considered as long as it's variety and not that this was part of our, part of, um, the event. But it kind of was in terms of it, it was on the runway, but we also had the jet powered bike, yeah. which was a bit of a lunchtime. Steam powered bike. Steam jet powered bike, which was a um, lunchtime showcase in between breaks, the morning and afternoon break. And, um, you know, that probably you wouldn't usually expect that at a supercar event, but straight liners have very got a very good relationship with the owner of that bike. And we wanted to put on something um, that was different for the public to see and great feedback actually on, on that, um, 
to see a steam-powered bike go certainly different i don't know quarter of a mile in less than four seconds is just absolutely ludicrous yeah absolutely <laughs> makes yeah. quite a it, it makes quite a uh an impact when it sets off doesn't it? robert louis stevenson eat your heart out yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i think the diversity adds to the event doesn't it because Definitely. you see a gt40 an iconic car of the 60s le mans winning car yeah and you'll see the performance that that does and in its era it was ahead of the field wasn't it yeah and then you just see how, how far the modern cars have come Definitely. Definitely from that point, yeah. you know, yeah. in, it's, in a short space of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah this sort of development is massive. It gives you a benchmark on which to judge, doesn't it? Yeah. But in addition, in addition to the moving cars, the cars on the runway, there was also a static display of, mm. of cars as well. Over 130 this time. Yeah. Plus, manufacturers brought some cars down and, yeah. and so on. It was a really big event, really, really promising for the future. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, we look forward to being involved in it again uh, next year. Excellent. Really do. And that is like, well, that's like the summer kind of came to a close with that event, really, didn't it? And and it started raining like, again. And then it yeah. started raining, yeah. yeah. It started raining yeah. again, yeah. yeah. It was for Northumberland again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed there. Uh, we have a bit more luck with Northumberland next year. It's that's, uh, but... Yeah, we've done it. We did a few events since then, which we've spoken about on another podcast. But yeah, they were really the the three key highlights of of the summer. Yeah, mm. I'm just looking forward to next summer. So we've got the Alpine Tour again. So the registration for that is open now. Mm. So first week in July. That's first week in yeah. July. There's some pre-registrations opened for Dolomites Tour. Yeah, the which French we're looking tour. at running in. Dolomites is going to be September, isn't it? Yes, yeah, September. Um, and the French one will likely be uh, end of May, start of June. It's looking like that. Um, Pre-registrations are open for those yeah. already. The Grantley Hall registration will open up at some point in the the yeah in the, the new next year, new year. I think. Um, and uh, Ultimate Supercar tickets will be on sale at some point in. The remainder of this year maybe so yes yeah there's a lot to look forward to but we definitely recommend that you get onto the supercar owner website if you want to come along on one of the the european tours because the demand has always been high and if you pre-register you'll be the first to know when the actual registration uh, goes live um more than, more than more than anybody else and if you're not a member but you have a qualifying car become a member there's literally no excuse There's no reason why not to exactly um yeah. basic membership is free and uh um would strongly recommend you you get go for a full membership but uh but you know you can you can still benefit as a as a free member so Absolutely. um get signed up there's and there's still know. events and things that you know people can get involved in even if they're like members Absolutely. you know so it's um i think we're one of the very few clubs to to be so inclusive really i think absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll wrap it up there. But um, as always, please uh, give us a like on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this on. If you're on Spotify, you can give us a review. If you're on uh, YouTube, you can like and subscribe and share. You know, If you've got petrolhead friends uh, who are into this sort of thing, who might want to get involved or just like hearing about our, our stories, uh, give us a share. Uh, but most of all, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Looking for your next car event, car club or automotive venue? Find it with Car Calendar.
Discover hundreds of upcoming events, car clubs and car venues on the UK's biggest car events platform. Search by location and radius, favourite your events, buy event tickets with ease and follow your favourite clubs and venues to be the first to hear about their upcoming events. For event organisers, you can list events, clubs and venues free of charge, sell tickets directly in the app and track performance of your event all in one place. Available online and in your app store, just search car calendar.